Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to check out The Burnham Project on Substack. You can get Burnham Podcasts. You can read my blogs and all sorts of cool stuff. It can even be sent right into your inbox. You can also watch us on Rumble and YouTube. We like Rumble better, but you can also watch us on YouTube. You can also find Burnham Podcast anywhere that you find your favorite podcast. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, click the little bells, the Rumble button, whatever the service has to offer. Click it, do that, follow us, tell people about us. Thank you very much. Burnham Podcast has a new advertising partner. Introducing DoggyBagTreats.com. Tailwagon delights for your furry friends. They've got all types of collars and leashes. They've got all natural treats. Things like minnows, chicken hearts, freeze-dried beef lung. That may not sound good to you, but your dog's going to love it. They've got all natural baked goods, things for fresh bread. They've got peanut butter, banana oat, pumpkin, cheddar bacon, and other assorted treats. They've got pet care items like paw fume, oat soap, and paw balm. You can also make wholesale orders. Burnham Podcast listeners can get a discount by entering the code BURNHAM01 at checkout. Now, back to the show. Me and my buddy Chris Pyle, he's back again. Favorite influencer, social media guru. Um, Just wanted to say thank you so much. For 500,000 followers on Instagram, oh my gosh, I had a crazy prophetic encounter about this very moment the other day uh, in which Jesus showed up to me in bodily form and said, my son, when you hit 500,000 followers on Instagram, number one, you're going to be incredibly blessed. Number two, it's a guaranteed ticket into heaven no matter what you do in the future. Awesome. Love that. And then on top of that, he said, listen, bud. To boot, also, I'm saying also a lot, but he says it too, so. He was like, also, your life is going to be easy from here on out. Safe, comfortable, no worries, um, no trials or tribulations, just nice and easy from here on out. And he also said, hey, listen, here is a deal for you. If you can hit one million followers within two months of right now, I will give you a 50,000 square foot mansion in heaven (laughs) with multiple Lamborghinis and Ferraris, which is totally sick. And then this is kind of the sad part. He mentioned sort of um, the old ladies um, at their local churches who have been praying faithfully for years and years and years, interceding for their local churches, but did not have social media. He said he didn't know if they were going to make it into heaven. Not only that, they guarantee they were not getting mansions in heaven. So, um, if you've got one of those ladies at your particular church, you might want to, number one, lift them up in prayer. But number two, make them a social media account. Get them some fire selfies, some sick quotes in the captions, um, because I want to see them in heaven. Hopefully far, far away from my mansion, but I want them to be there, okay? Um, So, again, thanks so much for 500K. Keep liking, subscribing. Uh, um, I love the caption on the end. Somebody says, don't worry, Corey. They won't be anywhere near you while you're burning in hell. Holy smokes. Okay. So, (laughs) when we were talking about what we were going to talk about, um, I don't know. These things, like, provide themselves, right? So, my question is, that's Corey Asbury. He's the worship leader for Bethel. Um. 
which has their own full set of issues and heresies and all kinds of craziness. So is he for real or is he making fun of the persona that people think he is? You know what I'm saying? It would be stupid for him to make fun of himself when it's the truth. You know what I mean? When yeah. it's that type of situation, it's one thing like, hey, I'm a fat dude, so I'm going to make fat jokes about myself. Right. That's one thing. But when it's like, hey, I'm scamming lots of people out of money. What is? Well, I've maybe, got really big churches. You really do. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's got all this thing. But maybe it's an Overton window thing where he says something so outrageous that he doesn't actually believe that the things that he does believe don't seem so outrageous anymore. You know what I mean? Because, like, Jesus doesn't care how many Instagram followers you got. He's not calling us bud. And he's certainly not saying, I don't know about anything, much less the little old ladies getting into heaven. So, it may, it, I, I don't know. I, Is it a joke? I mean, what do you think, Hayden? I mean, tango? What do you <laughs> <laughs> Bleep that out. But, but uh, what do you think about it? Ah. <sighs> I feel like it's got to be satire. It's got to be some sort of trolling. Maybe his trolling is a good way to say it. Based off of the comment section, it's just people are like, he's got to be trolling us. He's trolling. He's trolling. Maybe he's doing it just to get to people like me to go, what the heck are you talking about? Yeah. And and to come back at it. Well, that's what I'm saying. And now he's got the, the algorithm hits that he needs and, trying to get to a million people, right? Because Jesus told him if he gets to a million within the next two months, then he'll get extra cake or whatever, Lamborghinis. Now that you're, I mean, now that we're talking about it, I guess it could be satire. Like when we're first sitting here watching it, I'm all like, what? That's how I was. I I first saw it the other day and I was like, is this guy for real? I didn't know who he was. I couldn't even think of his name a minute ago when we were trying to pull it up. Um, And then I saw his name along with the video at some point and I was like, well, I've heard that name before. Um, but I didn't know anything about him, but I guess. But it'd be almost like Joe Biden say making some I'm a bad president jokes. It's like, yeah, we already know. Yeah. So it's like even if he is doing satire, it's like you do that. Yeah. Right, yeah. That, yeah. to me that's the uh the ironic thing about it is I, I yeah, I'm pretty sure everybody at that church has probably uh got a healthy salary. I mean, they ain't wanting for anything. Yeah, they're doing well and they've probably got multiple Lamborghinis and Ferraris and <laughs> fifty thousand yeah. square foot mansions. Yeah, I mean I could pick that whole video apart sentence by I thought it was sentence. cool. You know, the first thing he says is I had a prophetic vision and the first thing I thought when I heard that was no you didn't. Like that didn't happen. <laughs> but I love that whoever created the specific video we were watching rebutted everything he said with scripture. You yeah. Know, and it was about not loving I had the no world. tribulations. I won't have yeah, any problems. Yeah. And I, that's where I'm I'm watching the captions. I'm like, yeah, no, nah, that's not what scripture says and then they show the they scripture. They put the scripture up there, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he was for real. Maybe he was just trying to get people like me to react to him which is what we're doing right (laughs) he did clarify four days ago uh day after it was posted um with a whole list of instagram posts um he said in reference to the 500k followers video i pray for the following words are full of grace seasoned with salt and received in love first of all let me clarify yes it was satire I was lightheartedly pointing out the toxicity of social media culture, which often equates followers with personal and or spiritual values. I was playing the jester and poking fun at the false idea 
that influence increases one's intrinsic value as a person. The, the broader point I was trying to make is that the only thing that gives us worth is the fact that we're children of God, nothing more, nothing less. 500,000 followers means absolutely zilch in the grand scheme of things. As Paul said, I count it all as dung. He's full of it. He's full of it. He he continued to follow up. I'm not perfect, and I'll always be the first guy in the room to admit it. With that said, a silly satirical video isn't high on the list of things I'm worried about God judging me for. Uh, I got much bigger sin fish to fry. Um, awesome fun. term. Yeah, right. <laughs> We're like lust, Sunday, envy, yeah. and rage. And the list goes on. Uh, so he, he said it was satire. You know? He said it was satire. To me, the funny thing is he said, I did this to poke fun at one thing, but it's all like, well, you're also exposing some other stuff that your church does. Yeah, so that's right. the funny yeah. thing about it. Well, that's the, yeah, he's talking about how like social media influence and, and public persona and all these things doesn't matter except that it does. And, and that's what they put out there. Yeah. You know, otherwise you don't do a Instagram video like that. I guess the same could be said of a podcast. Right. But right. But uh, his apology tour didn't stop there. Um, couple <laughs> apology more. Tour. Yeah. It's a whole apology tour. <laughs> to right me here. that shows uh, guilty guiltiness yeah you yeah. have something guilty you're feeling bad you gotta why you gotta defend yourself that hard because lord knows i'm all about satire and jokes oh, that's kind of what my whole life revolves yeah. around you yeah. know so if i say a joke and it offends somebody if i feel the need to uh to say any kind of apology it's gonna be quick and simple hey if you're offended my bad yeah this is comedy you should know that and i drop it at that making 15 posts in a row about <laughs> it was just a joke. I don't care. Nah, After yeah. I tell you it was a joke, if Maybe you believe a little, me, awesome. If not, don't yeah, care. Might be a little conviction there. Right. He knew he had gone too far even by his own standards. Part of that is he kind of defends some of the folks we were just talking about off camera. Yeah. In the uh, how many say heresy hunters have attempted to reach out of the countless minute reach out to the countless ministries they vilified Joel Olstein, Stephen Furnick, Brian Houston. The list goes on. If you don't know them personally, you can't judge them in public. Not true. Whether they're <laughs> fit to lead or not. Not true. Well, first, let's address the whole, you're not supposed to judge anybody. It's not your place to judge. Let's go there for a second oh, because it is not my place to tell somebody where they're going to spend eternity. It's not my place to decide where anybody is going to spend eternity. But it is definitely my duty to use righteous judgment about who yeah. I have around me and in my well, life. People want to point to that one verse that says, judge not. Not even the whole verse, just those two words, right? Judge not. And then they want to like disregard the entire rest of the chapter that outlines exactly how we should judge. How we and, expect uh, to be judged. Yeah, right. By the same measure. You know, we're judged by the same measure that we judge, um, which means we are to judge. You know, you, you made judgment calls. We all made judgment calls tonight. I judged that your characters were worth sitting down in a room with and talking yeah, to you, right? Yeah. And you guys judged me the same way. Um, so we judge. That's what we're supposed to do, but we judge based on there's a criteria for that. Is this person producing fruit as a Christian or are they clearly not producing fruit as a Christian? 
do they profess or do they not? And if they don't, you know, then they probably aren't producing fruit anyway. But if they are, then you go back and you're looking at fruit again. I mean, it's it's we're we're supposed to judge. Yeah. We're supposed we're supposed to judge like what this guy's doing. Um, I tell my church at least once a month, please go home and look up what I'm telling you to, to judge <laughs> what I've said to you today and judge me as a pastor and make sure that I'm not just up here spewing heresy like where that guy goes to church. Test the spirit. Yeah. yeah look at <laughs> look it up, man. Look at it. Don't, don't take my word for it. One of my favorite things to say as a pastor is I'll say something, read something from Scripture. Like this week we were in Matthew 15 and Jesus says um, – I only came for the sheep of the house of Israel. Like, that's it. So you might be thinking in your mind, is are you telling me that Jesus only came for the sheep of the house of Israel? And I say, I'm not telling you anything. That's what Jesus said. Yeah. So I, I like that's the standard that I try to use as often as possible. This is what Jesus said. Uh, so it's not what I'm telling you. And the judgment is not my judgment if we're looking at it through the biblical lens. Yeah, I mean, it's completely ludicrous for people to say we're not supposed to judge yeah that's pretty dumb yeah you're you're just gonna go drop your kid off at any daycare or you're gonna go walk through it and judge yeah the you know the facility and the people is the place nasty are they gonna feed my kid well it ain't my place to judge them they had kids in there playing you know just eating raw hot dogs and you know with dirty diapers on but we can't judge them right so i'm gonna gonna judge them you should man it ain't my place to tell who's yeah. going where for eternity right no i i can't, I can't ever look you know because we've all known people who we felt like were solid believers until they weren't you know what i mean yeah. so like we we had judged based on what they were doing and now like so we don't know somebody's heart somebody who falls away from the faith never had the faith they were putting on a show for however long um but we judge yeah based on the fact that they they fell away from the faith that they're not part of and they don't profess anymore. They don't go to church anymore. They don't do all these things. I'm like, okay, well that person is probably not a Christian. Well, more often than not, if somebody's telling you, you're supposed to judge nobody, they're probably trying to use your own, you know, your God's yeah. word against you. Right. Or they have stuff in their life. They don't want judged. Yeah. What? Well, right. Please don't, Please don't put the my sin under the magnifying glass. Right. Is what I, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't want the conviction. And it's like, well, you, to under, it's not my job to put your sin under the magnifying glass. That's right. not what I'm here for. But it's definitely, I'm. I'm definitely supposed to judge your character, and then you know that will preference what kind of activity you have in my life. Right. I'm yeah. not gonna just leave my kid with just anybody. I'm not gonna just let anybody house sit for me or watch my dog and stuff right. like that. Supposed to use good judgment. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that, and it's again, it's a, a matter of sin and people saying, "Don't judge me." That's like my get out of jail free card, right? I don't judge me. Don't judge. Yeah, I think it's funny that he talked about, you know, I'll be blessed and and all this in the video. To me, obviously, when he says it, I think money. I'm like, yeah, okay, so he's insinuating I'll do sky. this and I'm going to be blessed with money. And he, I can't, I can't remember. I was listening to something. I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast, and they were talking about a comedian that took his own life and everything. Mm-hmm. And their point was, you know, dude had the world by the fat ones. He had, you know, he was really good at stand up comedy. Had yeah. everything going for him. Joe Rogan called him the best he ever knew. Man, and the dude killed himself. Yeah. And it is, what is blessings? Why is money equated with blessings? there's a lot of people out there that are rich that'll never know jesus yeah 
Yeah. You know, well, that's what but we was automatically it. equate, well, if you do this, God's going to bless you. We think money. That yeah. blessing's going to be money. Right. Man, that blessing ain't always going to be money. Sometimes not having the money is going to be the blessing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the old saying is that uh, some people are so poor, all they have is money. Yeah. You know, but when we think about blessings, uh, and I think about Stephen in the Bible, right? And the, the blessing, or God has this plan. A guy named Ray Comfort wrote a book. I've talked about it on the podcast yeah. before. Um, God has a wonderful plan for your life. And on the front cover, there's a picture of Stephen getting stoned to death. Well, like That was God's wonderful <laughs> plan for Stephen's right. life. Money wasn't falling out of the sky. It was rocks. Right. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, we but we do so many times. And I think you can be financially blessed. Yeah. Right? But it's not like, look at all this good stuff I did, and God made money fall from the sky. And a Ferrari showed up in my driveway, and yeah. my my house suddenly became a mansion. Like that's not well, the I don't. I know I've known a lot of business owners, and I've known a lot that's called themselves Christians. Yeah, I can really probably only if I sat here and thought long enough, I might be able to think of a second one that I thought was really godly. <laughs> yeah, the only one I can really think of off the top of my head would be TK. Yeah, over at Median Roofing, like that yeah. dude's a godly man. He runs a business. He treats his employees well. He pays everybody. TK's, I've it, never met TK. I've talked to. Oh, what's on my? Uh, he probably come on here and tell a story. I'll I'm sure he him. would. Yeah. And I'm his wife's name is Kate Claudia. Right now. Claudia. Yeah, I've interviewed yeah. Claudia before. Not on the podcast for a different project, but, but it's like you fantastic folks. It's hard to find people that have that drive. Most of the people that I find that that are that way are still working their tail off. Yeah. It's the guys that try to take the shortcut and quit working and have everybody do their stuff for you. Somehow greed takes them over. Right. Well, it does that. And we're talking about money as a blessing and God will bless you financially. He will if you do the right things with your money. Um, you take all your cash out in the backyard and light it on fire and go, well, God's going to take care of it. That's stupid. That's not, that's not how that works at all. But if you don't get into a bunch of debt and you don't buy a bunch of dumb stuff you don't need or can't afford and your kids are Man, like... Man, he is attacking me. I'm about to step on your toes right now. Listen, <laughs> we did the Dave Ramsey thing for like four years to get out of the mountain of debt we had. Um, and since then... God has blessed us financially. <laughs> Not that we're rich and money's falling out of the sky or whatever, but like maybe being responsible pays off. Yeah, I feel good about my light bill this month, right? Like day, I'm okay dude. with the light bill coming in. I swear I'm gonna try that one day. Uh, yeah, I mean it's worth a shot. I got, I don't know. I'll give it a couple more years. I'll try it one day. Let me. I'm trying to. You trying to get it on truck now? Yeah, right? so to get, let's see. I'm in the market for a truck right now. Yeah. There's no time to be talking about being responsible, being financially responsible. But yeah, God, you know, he he blesses us when we do the right things. Uh, it's like. It's about leaning on a shovel and praying for a hole, right? Right. I love that saying. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. the the three somebody put the three rowboats in a helicopter on me yesterday. You know that one? Three rowboats in a helicopter. Okay. So no, I don't know you know one. this one take Absolutely. I've, so I've told this one. There's a flood, right? And right. they get on the radio and they're like, hey, Oh yeah, a flood. yeah, yeah. We sent you three rowboats. Yeah. I yeah. Get so it. for the listener, we'll yeah. go ahead and okay, finish. So ahead. it's the, the the flood water starts rising, it's up to the porch. Guy rows up my boat and is like, hey, man, come with us. We'll rescue you. No, man, God's got me. I'm all right. So the water's up to the window, right? And then he, come get in the boat with us, man. But we'll take you to say, no, I'm good. The water's up to the roof. The guy's on a little piece of, of, of roof up there. And they come up in a boat. And he's like, no, man, God's going to take care of me. It's fine. A helicopter comes up. And he's on a little patch of roof the size of a quarter that's still out of the water. 
no, God's going to take care of me. I don't need your helicopter. Guy drowns. Dies. Right? Goes to heaven. And they're like, what, what are you even, yeah, why? What are you was, doing here? Yeah, what are you doing here? And he was like, I, I don't know. I was waiting on you to, to save me. And God's like, I sent you three rowboats and a helicopter. What <laughs> right? do you want? So, yeah, anybody that's, most of you guys probably heard that before. But anybody that hasn't, you got a new one now, you can tell at church on Sunday. <laughs> but, yeah, we, I mean, we think God's going to just miracle rescue us from our our own stupidity and our own, you know, our own I think if people are honest enough with themselves, you can look back into your younger years and think of the things you were begging God for that you never got and how much better off you are now. How many how many girls did you pray for over the oh, years? Oh, God! Like, Lord, let me marry. Thank God that didn't oh, work out. God. Thank we God. We're going to go down that road. Right? But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're in middle school, it, though, and you're God, like, oh, yeah, yeah. let her be the one. I'm not just in adult years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. golly, bum. Yeah, well, she's, she's got to be it. I feel like God's telling me. Probably I not. can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, if I would have been financially blessed in my 20s, somehow like one lottery, I'd be dead. <laughs> <laughs> there is not a doubt in my mind. I would have I would have OD'd. No I'd kidding. I, oh, yeah. In you my 20s, if you had gave me that much money in my 20s, I would have died. I'd be oh, dead man. for sure. No doubt in my mind. I, I was that. pretty wild. I mean, that up stands until, to reason. I mean, up until I was twenty six, you know, yeah. that's when I got saved and you yeah. know tried doing stuff different. But you didn't really. I mean, you didn't come from anything either, so money would have been a brand new thing. Yeah, for I mean, you. I came dirt broke poor. We got to tell and, your origin story at some point. Um, but I mean, my household was the party household. Yeah. So you know, drugs and alcohol was like a normal part of life. Right. By the time I was eighteen, nineteen years old, I'd already done like coke. Yeah, and all the, and meth, you know, Ooh. and stuff like that. So in my twenties, if you yeah. gave me millions of dollars, I'd have been deader than a door. Well, how many pro athletes do we see that come from nothing and they that's sign? What about, yeah, I started talking about that today. Yeah. Deion Sanders they tried. sign a gajillion dollar contract, and then well, Deion Sanders drove his own self off the road, trying to kill himself right after winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, because he, millions just, he had dude, so much, he didn't know what to do with it. He yeah, couldn't process it. He had everything, everything you could think of, and something still missing. Yeah, God was a he was a, a always all star in two different sports, two different two different sports. professional. Sports. I can only I tell you two people that's done that. And that's him and Bo Jackson. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I don't know any others. I don't know. Was Deion Sanders an all star in baseball? He might not. He have been had to have been. He was pretty good. I, I was thinking Jordan. Basketball and baseball. Jordan's uh, a lousy yeah. baseball player. Yeah. <laughs> That's like Tim Tebow trying to play yeah, baseball. Tim Tebow was worse than Michael, <laughs> Michael Jordan. Jordan. played, what, like two games of baseball and went back he, to basketball? He played a season in the minors and, and <laughs> sat on the bench a couple of nights for the Chicago White Sox. That was his but, original sport. That's what he wanted yeah. to play with. Yeah, he, he wanted to play kid, baseball when he was a kid, but he couldn't hit a curveball, so it didn't work out. But that and his strike zone was gigantic. Because he's seven he's, foot tall. Yeah, he's, yeah. Gig- he's or six and a half foot tall, yeah. however tall he is. But yeah, for Dion, you think about this guy who's. At the absolute top of two professional sports. I can't think of a bigger athlete when he was big. Oh, he was it. Yeah. yeah. He would play for uh, the Yankees. I mean, play, play for the Yankees for a while, play for the Braves for a while. But he'd play for the Yankees in the afternoon, and he'd fly on a helicopter and go play for the Falcons. Yeah, well, then eventually yeah. <laughs> he was a, Bra- a Braves and Falcons. Yeah, yeah. Then he went to Dallas, and yeah. it was Dallas and Falcons. He played for the 49ers for a while. And but, yeah, he would fly around. I think and by the time he went to the 49ers, he had already left the Braves. I think he was out of baseball by then. Yeah. But, I mean, it's something. But he was good. Yeah, he was good he at both He could steal bases with 13 pounds of gold hanging around his neck. Yeah. 
I mean, but I all that, all that stuff wasn't enough. Wasn't enough. The Ferrari and the helicopters and all the gold and the women that he had chased. You know, it just it wasn't enough. Why wasn't it enough? Because we, you know, he didn't have God. We 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 see it over the comedian you were talking about. I mean, it goes the same way. The guy had the world at his fingertips and takes his own life because something is still missing and he can't deal with life. Well, since you know, we're already talking about Mr. Deion Sanders. The current stuff going on, I'm very on the fence most of the time. Oh, like man. my natural state about it is, I don't like him. Yeah. I just don't like the attitude. I just don't like the arrogance because I don't believe I is really uh, fruit of the spirit. Yeah, is that I don't believe the arrogance is part of being in the spirit. But at the same time, I kind of like the the. What is it? The self confidence. Yeah. Uh, if you don't make me, you can't break me. I like that part. Yeah. Of it. Well, you you, you gotta have my, my and Drew, my brother's a college football coach, um, and I know a bunch of other college football coaches. I know a couple of guys that coach in the NFL. Um, but to think about not even just an assistant coach, but to think about being a head coach. If you we were talking earlier about different jobs and things that we'd had, and you apply for a job or you get offered a job and you hope you can get it. Yeah. You know, but if you're a football coach, and it's a different animal, uh, football, basketball, whatever, professional sports coach, college, professional coach, whether you're on the college level or the well, pro you're level. coaching, your resume is all on film. It is. It's on like film. They can literally go back and watch how you did. Right. You know? But if you're applying for to be the head coach at the University of Colorado, you have to feel like nobody can do this job better than me. Yeah. Not like the jobs that you and I have you know, that we apply for and we hope we get, but like nobody can do this job better than I can. I can be the best in the world at that job and win championships and get the best kids and make the most money and do all these things. So there's an ego element in there. It's got to be. Yeah. But on the other hand, you got to control that. So then we get into the – he talks about the team. You have to beat me, though, but he comes back to me and I this. It seems like he goes back to himself a lot. He does, he does, man, and, and I want to like Dion because he talks about God. Yeah, that's what and, that's what I was getting at. You know, and, now the man that was depressed trying to kill himself has God. Right, he seems very confident. He does. He's man. got a job. I really don't know how good a job he's doing because I don't watch Colorado football. They're not good. Well, I've heard <laughs> that they weren't. Were, were not. They, good. they beat a couple of cupcakes. And then they um, got stomped they by got, Oregon. They got smacked by Oregon. And like the day after he had said a bunch of stuff. Too, yeah. A couple days after he had been talking a lot of stuff. Right. Smack. And then they lost to Southern Cal in a game where the score was pretty close, but the kids on the field for Cal toward the end of the game had clean uniforms on. You know what I mean? Like they had kind of called off the dogs, and the, the game wasn't as close as the score Southern indicated. Southern Cal, though, that's probably like Kusa. So the Cal's like number six, USC right? is really, yeah. yeah they're they're, like, they're ranked pretty high this year. That just shows and how were, stupid were, I am. If it don't ha- take half, uh, if it ain't a team on this half of the continent, <laughs> I don't care. And I don't know. I haven't watched any football. I say all that to say I haven't watched any football. I like observe college football from the outside. I don't watch it really anymore, but I kind of keep up with what's going on. And I watch the occasional highlight and things like that. But I looked at the numbers and the stat lines on these games. And I'm like, oh, Score was close, but the game was so My fellow so Georgia much. fans make me mad. Y'all are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they don't. Uh, let's address it. We can talk about anything, right? It's yeah, not let's really do it. A We've talked about here. it before. Let's talk about sports for a moment. I was born in 1980, which is year of the dog. Oh, That's when we Herschel won the Walker. championship. Herschel run, Walker. Lindsay, run. No, I didn't vote for Herschel Walker either. 
But I didn't vote for the other guy either. But anyhow, love Georgia. There was a time in my life when I rooted for Alabama because I respect Nick. Well, did respect Nick Saban. Now I think he's the devil. But anyway. (laughs) He created Georgia's coach. What do you mean? Yeah, whatever. I mean, I ain't saying Kirby's. I don't know how Kirby's smart. He'd be around a bit longer. He might be the devil too. I don't know. He's winning football games. He had to sell something to win those championships. (laughs) But, you know, um, I love Georgia. Georgia football. I'm a bulldog. I have a bulldog. Spent thousands of dollars to own Shout my own bulldog. Shout out to <laughs> Beefy Boy. And love them. But this is what the way I look at it. We won that championship two years ago, mm-hmm. which was like, holy crap, we did it. We really did. We did it, but, man, by the skin of our teeth yeah, did we yeah. do it. Kind of the same thing last year, too. Mm-hmm. Um, we ended up having to play, uh, what, what was that? Frog University? TCU. Or, I mean, those guys were thrown into the mix, so it was all like, okay, so this really – we won. Okay, we won. Not a good and measuring stick. Though, not right? a good measuring yeah. stick, but okay, so we got our second championship, and I'm mm-hmm. all like, that is dope. Even Nick Saban don't have three in a row. Nick Saban is one away from five in a row, or actually like six in a row, because he won like, uh, five in a row, because he won two, skipped a year, and won two. So he don't even have three in a row. Right. So you would come into this year, and game one, first game, it ain't two minutes. Fire I, I, Bobo. I'm not Fire even. Bobo. I'm not even watching the game. I'm just yeah. like looking at Facebook while I'm doing whatever I'm doing that day. I wasn't at home to watch it, and I see people posting all this garbage about you got a fire Bobo and this guy's doing this and this guy our offensive line da 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 da. And I'm all like, well, they must look like trash. And then I wait a couple of hours and I check the score and I'm like, well, we won by like twenty or something. Man. And I'm all, like, why are y'all all running your mouth? Game two comes around. Same thing. I'm busy that Saturday. I can't sit around and watch the game. I'm same thing all over again. People are posting all this garbage, and then we won every Saturday, right? And I I don't watch. I, again. I love watching the Facebook part where uh, yeah, the first three quarters are George is terrible, George is terrible, George is terrible, and then Look that third quarter did. kicks in, yeah. and they're like, oh, we're the best. <laughs> <laughs> Every Saturday, though, I watch. I'm looking at Facebook, and I'm thinking, oh, this must be the week that Georgia's going to lose. And, like, my parents live next door. My dad's a dog fan, and, like, I, we go back and forth a lot. So I'll go over there for lunch or whatever. And dad's watching the game. Georgia's up. I thought they were losing. Oh, we've been winning the whole time, you know, or, yeah. or whatever. Like, oh, okay. So they're, they're undefeated, and they want to fire the either or offensive, defensive coordinator. They're getting – I mean, my Georgia fans, I love y'all. But we don't need to turn into Alabama fans. All the stuff we've griped about forever and ever about Alabama fans, we're becoming that. So it's almost like absolute power corrupts. Absolutely, (laughs) (laughs) we become college football standpoint. (laughs) Yeah, we uh, we become champions. So now it's like we have to blow everybody out of the water by thirty points. That is the most boring football game to watch. It's terrible. It's terrible. I watch more Ohio games now because the games are more interesting. Yeah, my wife's from Ohio. Dude. So I got if I root for a team that's not in the SEC, she's a it's Buckeye. Ohio. Yeah. She's a but Buckeye. I will say on the opposite side of Georgia, like you, you got to think every team that goes against them is coming in there and playing it like it's yeah. their Super Bowl because it, it is. They're like, this is our chance. We can take them down, and they run it down for three quarters, and they're like, oh, you mean like when so Tennessee close. beat Alabama? And it was like their Super Bowl. Yeah, and then yeah. we stomped them out. Well, you think about it. if you're Ball State. <laughs> 
or your UAB and you get to play against the number one team in the country, like yeah. let's let's see what we're really made of here. Let's go wide open, nothing to lose. That's who's playing Georgia every week. Yeah. Whether it's Ball State or it's Florida, you know, that's how it is. College football needs a different layout. It needs a true playoff for one thing. Uh, we need to take these all these top teams like Georgia and Alabama and Tennessee. and all, Let's play earlier in the season. Why do they always seem to just give all the good teams cupcake first half of the season? College football is like boxing. And then you actually get a team yeah. that you can play, and both, both of you are probably about undefeated because you're both it, good yeah, teams. Yeah. Boots you out. And then it like, boots you out. And I'm like, oh, man, we got to get the good games out of the way. The boxing is the same way, though. They'll, they'll protect two guys until they're both 25-0. and 0. And then they'll put them in the ring. I guess together. it makes more money. It maybe. does. It's a huge, huge revenue stream. But and then one of them loses, and he's just out of the picture forever. Yeah, like, which is the same, you know, for season wise for football. But I don't know. It does something to us, like our fandom. We let our fandom run away from us, and we've talked about this is like episode four or five of Burnham Podcast. We yeah. talked about this sort of thing. Um, but people just let it dominate their entire personality. Yeah. Uh, my wife, we're riding through our neighborhood the other day, and my wife was like, like, who really paints their house? <laughs> the who really paints their house red and black and puts a big G on the side of their house? Is there one of those in Rome? Oh, there are several. Bro, there's one on oh, the same street that I live on. Well, I say all that. First, let me say, I do hope we win another championship. <laughs> It'd be cool to have yeah, three sure. in a row. That'd be you cool. Don't ever want your team but to lose. at some point, when's it get boring? To me, it's already kind of boring. It's like, yeah, I hope we win a third one just so we can say we did something right. Nick Saban didn't do. But that's the only reason. Other than that, I'm kind of like, I wouldn't mind seeing Ohio State or Notre Dame or any non-SEC team win it. Yeah. I don't understand the tribalism so put, hard. I don't know, but it's we do that with everything, though. It's all we about do. tribalism. But I don't understand it because people, when I tell people, my wife's car has Ohio State tag on it i bought it i'm on the second one now yeah and put on there because <laughs> something tore up the first one how can you root for a non-sec team i'm all like who cares what are you who talking cares? about <laughs> what do you mean it's not it, it becomes a religion to these people yeah hey it is a religion it in is the a South. cult yeah in it, the is. South. it is and it, it is. is. It takes everybody. Sunday or Saturday is is church day, and yeah. George is going to take you to church. Yeah, yeah. And we're listening to a sermon by Kirby Smart. Kirby, Kirby Smart. Smart. Yeah, I, say, don't get me wrong. I love Kirby Smart. I think he's doing awesome. I don't dislike anything about Georgia football. But the fans need to chill a little bit. They're going to come after you, man. Let's listen, fine. listen, listen. <laughs> I'm a Georgia fan. Guy. They're going to be like, you're a closet Florida fan. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I will tell you, that I used to hate Tennessee for some reason. I think I dated a girl that was a Tennessee fan a long time ago That'll or something. But it. after last year, I don't hate them no more. I respect yeah, Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. I, they have a strong program. I respect them guys. I'm, I'm going to have to stick with hating Alabama just because I don't like their fans either. Who was it? Was it Ray Romano? I don't know, there was a comedian that had a bit about teams and being a fan, and he was talking about how – he was talking about pro ball, but it's more true in college where nobody's there more than four years. Right, None of your football players are on the team for more than four years, basketball, baseball, whatever the sport is. And even in the NFL, guys sign fine three, five-year contracts. They move Tom on to Brady's team. still eligible for one year of college ball. He's not, though, because he played pro ball, so he can't go back. But he left a year on the table. So did Herschel yeah, Walker. Yeah, yeah. But – 
he's saying you're rooting for clothes at the end of the day. Yeah. The shirt that they wear. Yeah. Oh, I thought of, it was the, the sandwich analogy because I've heard that one too. Oh, where no, it's yeah. like your team's a sandwich, but every year they change it out and you're like, it's still the same sandwich. It's still my team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's no, no, no. Salami, That's a or turkey. Or, yeah. It's a different thing. But yeah, he says we're, we're rooting. We're just rooting for clothes. That's the point I've made. I'm a high school dropout with a GED. I didn't even go to college. Well, that's the thing, right? It's not my alma mater. Ride by the red and black house with a G on the front, and you go, has the guy ever been on campus before? Like, is that like, I don't know. I think it would be cool if, I don't know, maybe you painted your house up and it said First Baptist Church on the front. You know? <laughs> I think a lot of people was going to tell you, well, my granddaddy or my daddy or something yeah, like that was yeah. a real big fan. And I grew up watching it with them, and that's why I care so much. And I'm like, yeah, I can respect that, too. That's cool. But were they even as stupid about it as you are? No. <laughs> no, not. you're taking it to a new level. Yeah. Um, I mean, my parents, I grew up in a football household. If, if there was a football game to be watched, it was being watched yeah. in my house. So I don't like the NFL so much anymore. Used to watch NFL a lot. When I was a teenager, I was a big Cowboys fan. I grew up in the 90s. Yeah. Cowboys were the bomb in the 90s. Definitely not a Cowboys fan nowadays. I'm not a – that's why I don't watch NFL. I'm not a fan of any NFL team. There's not a team that interests me. Yeah, I don't know. I used to like watching Tom Brady. I mean, you have to appreciate greatness I do. on some level. I used to like watching Aaron Rodgers too. uh, Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, Michael Jordan. Yeah. The guys that are the best – Maybe ever in their particular It's not because sport. I really care if they win or lose. It's because I like watching somebody that performs perfectly at what they do. Yeah. That said, I go over here to Publix and watch the guy cut the meat in the back. And I'm like, man, that's all pro right that's there. And he's slicing it off. dog right there. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know. I joked about painting your house like your church or whatever. But, you know, where do, where do we go with that? Do we spend, we spend so much time – I don't have beef with anybody watching a football game, right? Because we all do it. We all do it. Everybody does it. They have their football team or they have their favorite whatever. Maybe you play golf, whatever your hobby is. At what point does it become an idol and we're going to the church of Kirby Smart or, you know what I mean, or Nick Saban or whoever. And and at what point, we were talking about fruit a minute ago, looking at somebody and judging them, going, is this yeah. person a Christian or not? And – these people are dog cussing referees on Saturday. I've been that guy, too, you know, though. and then you're and in I church like on that. Sunday, and you, I don't like that you about myself. Feel dirty, man. I don't like that part about myself. Like, what was it last year when Ohio and Georgia played? Me and my wife been waiting our whole relationship oh, yeah. for that yeah. to happen, and it happened. And the whole game, Georgia's playing like garbage and ohio's beating us i'm literally laying on the couch hugging a pillow like what is going on (laughs) and my wife's over there trying not to gloat too much she's like "Eh, we're about to take them down and then that kicker came up missed the field goal and i called it that made her a little mad i think because he came up here i was like I came up off the couch. I'm like, oh, no, this is way too much pressure for this dude. He's about to miss this. Yeah. And she's like, shut up. I think shot to the left. Oh, I went, mm, I'm trying not to. I'm just, sleep on the couch tonight. I was trying not to burst with laughter and joy. I was just like, good game. Well, that right. So that's the, the hard part, though, right, is that you and your wife's favorite teams played against each other. Yeah. And you're trying not to put a wedge in your marriage <laughs> in the middle of a game. And then you can't be happy at the end because you can't do it without gloating and being like, I told you that your team was trash. 
and I'm sleeping outside with a dog tonight. Well, the last two years we've won a championship. Like, we watch each other's games, but yeah. usually a championship game goes kind of late. My wife's going to bed at 9.30. 9.30, she's going to bed. Yeah. And uh, so she'll be in the bed, but the last two years I'm going to wake up, hey, we won! <laughs> we won! She's like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I go back to sleep. I got to go uh, back in here now. Because I ain't going to bed for another hour. <laughs> Jacked up. I'm going Jacked outside, up. Woo! I get to talk so much smack at work tomorrow. Oh, man. So, so are you one of the people who, who after they win on Saturday, go to church on Sunday wearing the same colors and hooting and hollering? Please don't. Still. Please no. don't. <laughs> no. I think me and Danny went to church with people like that. Oh, I'm sure. I've only I'm got sure. a handful of... <laughs> Georgia Bulldog attire, and most of them, the shirts don't fit right, so I hardly ever wear them. So, nah, really. Yeah, I don't. We're small enough of a church. I don't know. There aren't any football fans in our church. I got like a, I got like one little sticker on my Jeep. I don't, I don't. I yeah. mean, if I see a hat that I dig, I'd buy it, but I just, most of the time, I, I wear the same stuff. We had a joke going with Ron Kansler one year, um, Super Bowl Sunday morning. We were like, we had him going all week long. We were like, hey, when you hit that big point at the end of the sermon, we're going to dump the Gatorade bucket on you while you're up in the pulpit. And he was like, <laughs> at first he was kind of laughing about it, Monday, Tuesday, you know, <laughs> the longer the week went on, he was like, I think these guys might be serious. And they really are. <laughs> oh, my God. And that's something, Ron is the kind of, pat. he'd have been cool with that, you know, as long as it was in good taste at the right time. Not that there's a good taste way to dump a bucket of ice on your preacher, but not while he's in the middle of his sermon, whatever. But, uh, but yeah, I think he was really worried about it for a little while there, and he was like, I think these guys, they might. They John might Briggs was in on it. So, like, all bets were off. But uh, Oh, yeah. 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 I was just trying to remember. I got baptized on Super Bowl Sunday. Did you really? Yeah, we oh, had yeah. a big, uh, I guess, 2007. I was 26. So it would it have been twenty two thousand seven, yeah. So who, I guess that was, was in, Indianapolis Colts and the Chicago Bears. The Bears. Did you? Uh, it was at XL. That's heartbreaking. I wasn't at XL that night. I we were watching that at Hollywood Baptist Church, and I had been a Bears fan forever. Oh, really? I was a Bears fan. I didn't know. They didn't until, win though, did they? Or did they? No, they didn't win. Because they, they had Eli Manning or whatever they had it was Colts. Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning was yeah. with the Colts, and then some guy played quarterback for the Bears, and he threw some it to the Colts. Threw it to the Colts all night long. <laughs> after Devin Hester ran back the opening kickoff, but yeah, I'd been a Bears fan forever. My my grandmother. I didn't know this until years and years later. We spent the night with my grandmother one time. Me and my two brothers that I had at the time. My youngest brother hadn't been born yet because I was still pretty little, and my cousins. So there were three of us there. And my grandmother was playing in this pool with these other people that might or might not have been even legal, and she wanted more entries. So uh-huh. she signed us up in this pool. We didn't know about <laughs> it. But she brought us a newspaper, and she was like, hey, here's who's playing. Point to some teams and pick them out. And I was like, the Bears sounds cool because I'm seven. So I picked the Bears. This was in 1985. I was five. They won the Super Bowl that year by the biggest margin in history at that point. Who is their quarterback? Uh, it was Jim McMahon then. Okay. The Storm and Mormon. Storm but, and Mormon. Uh, yeah, so they, they dominated. They, they were 15-1 and one that year. They won the Super Bowl, and I was like, well, I'm a Bears fan now, and I was forever until about Super Bowl twenty, and they made me so mad because they should have won that game because they had Brian Erlacher and the monster defense. They didn't get it done. Um, but I was cool about it because we were watching at church. <laughs> so it was, it was, I, had to, I had to hold it together. 
When I got baptized, it was in a big watering trough on stage, but they hadn't bought a water warmer yet. And this was in Ooh, February, so yeah. the water just came out of the water hose spigot from outside. Yeah. And it was pretty cold. After me, they bought one of them warmers. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty nice. Nah, you to do. But anyway. Next generation. We had a big shindig, water. though. Like, real I, big. I had been to baptisms there before at XL, but I, I, I know I wasn't a, at yours because I was at I was the first one. The very first one. I was the first one. They oh, baptized some people there to break in the building before they actually started XL yeah. services. But as far as I was the first person to go to XL, get saved, get baptized there. Huh. That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Yeah. I had to have Scooter on one day to talk about it because he's the one that got me all wrapped up and, and all that. Scooter is supposed to be here tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. By this time you hear this, it'll be four days ago. He'll... He will have been here, but yeah, we're we're getting together tomorrow. Sit down and hang out, and have a good time, do what we do. Um, God bless Scooter. I gotta get Scooter back on again. Yeah, for sure. I need to. I'll talk, I'll hit him up tomorrow. Sign him up. I need to schedule guests. Man, I've been dropping the ball on that. Adam. We talked about that. I got stuff I can talk about. No, no, you never run yeah. out of stuff. Yeah, to talk we, about. we keep You're talking like, about it. You know, spare uh, tire gas. We just bring you out. And we <laughs> <laughs> Me and Tango over here talk about righteous gemstones a little bit. So we talk about TV in general. Talk about yeah. TV in general. <laughs> Watch a ton of TV, but you guys, y'all wrote me into that. And I think it's so cool to have a uh, pastor buddy, but whatever you, whatever this is, <laughs> I know. Uh, a I can be like, hey man, there's a really funny show that makes fun of Christianity. You know, you should check it out. <laughs> and he actually don't get offended and watches it. Yeah, yeah. It, I don't know. There's times when I'm like, let's just. Oh yeah, there's yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely some cringe moments, but but it it pokes a lot of fun at reality. It pokes. Well, that's the thing, right? It's reality, and so much of it is like it's accurate. There are guys out there doing this stuff, and I watched this, and I watched The Sopranos way, but way back when it was on, and it's the same show. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same show. You know, Tony Soprano owned this business, and. His kids he, ran him up. Yeah, his kids were wild, but he was really like the business was like a fraction of what he was really doing because he was a gangster and he was struggling with his uh, consciousness about being a gangster, right? And all that. Right. And the John Goodman character, which is Eli, Eli right? Gemstone, yeah, Eli Gemstone, kind of finds it, it is the same show. The more you've pointed it's the exact that out, same. it's a gangster show because yeah. he starts. You know, feeling bad. Oh, the church ain't supposed to be this way. He starts yeah. thinking about all the stuff his dad told him. And he's trying to reel it back in, but at the same time, he's driving around in an Escalade and a mansion on a thousand acres yep. with his own personal theme park. You know, so it's hard to, like, put that back in the tube. Has a his own personal theme park in his backyard. Yeah. it's all, I think they find a way, if you watch it and pay attention, they find a way to make fun of all these heretics, as we like to call them. You're yeah. Osteen, there's some stuff in there where they're poking fun at him. Yeah. Definitely some Kenneth Copeland. Yeah. That, Baby. that was in the very first episode with the three jets, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Oh, man. But, yeah. but side note, you saw it, spoiler. Um, so I, I think I told you, the scene where they're getting the money out of the air vents and it just falls. Oh yeah. That was filmed three years before the wall. Before walls, the Osteen thing? Before Joel Osteen yeah. falls. 
<laughs> prophetic. Right. Was, they knew what was happening. Uh, but it does, though. And it, I don't know. It, listen, if you're going to watch this show. <laughs> you probably don't. It's, it's not, not kids, a family it's show. It's not a family show. Uh, if you're going to watch it, it should be for research purposes only. And you probably don't even have to watch every episode. I'm going to tell you, as a Christian, it will not be beneficial to you to watch it unless it's to just kind of have an insight into what we think. It's poking fun at some reality There's, that happens in yeah. mega churches. So, but here's my issue, though, and it's I'm looking at this from one of two ways. And I'm trying to figure out which way. I think Danny McBride is the director. Yeah. Uh, and which way are they going with director that? Is Aside he, from Will Ferrell, he's the funniest human on the planet. He... <laughs> But is he, is he actually banging on Christianity, or is he banging on the phonies? You know he, what I mean? Because yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get offended by it. I don't get offended by it because that's not me. I'm not Eli Gemstone. Like we're in our my, in our church yeah. right now, and you guys can see this 1890s brick over here to our left. If um, I can run so, from one side of the room yeah. to the other, it ain't a big room. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking on, if it's like just down in Christians. So I, I know he did an interview where he said it's absolutely not harking on Christians, but more yeah. of pointing out the hypocrisies of it and yeah. making fun of that. Yeah. Which is, that's how he's kept John Goodman on. Cause John Goodman said the moment we go off script and we just start just hating Christianity, yeah. I'm out. Yeah. Right. And that Good was the deal. Him. Yeah. So that's, you know, so there, there's that. And, and you look at it and you go, was he, and you wonder, is he making fun of Christianity or is he just making fun of the, the hypocritical excess of the mega church and the celebrity pastor and all those things. Um, but then you wonder about other people watching it. And I thought about this when BJ was getting baptized and his atheist family showed up just to support him. You know, yeah. we love our son. We don't believe in this, but we're here for our son. And the way the family and the gemstones were insane. Yeah. They were just wild. And these people are going, y'all are Christians. Yeah. This is who Christians are. Like yeah. this is, this is our Why do experience? you want to be a part of this? They're right. scared for their family member. Yeah, yeah. So people watching that thinking, is that what Christians are? And yeah. there are a lot of people that do. There are people, I know people who think I'm rich because I'm the pastor of a church. <laughs> like, never mind, there's 30 of us at best in here on Sunday mornings. He drives around on a ruckus. I do. I ride a scooter 90% of the places scooter. I go when it's not raining. Or And a 15-year-old car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's hiding the secret. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to hide my money really well. I'm about to go get something out of the wall. It's bricked up in the fireplace. Yeah. We're sitting over here. <laughs> oh, yeah. these are, We can't hide money in the walls. No. It's, it's, <laughs> very very difficult. We're going to have to go through a lot of trouble. Uh, but it's, you know, but there are people that think that, and they think that's who Christians are. Um, and I haven't looked around like the media uh, aspect, you know, and, and, and people talking about what the show is really about and stuff like that. I don't know. Maybe Danny McBride's statements are out there and they're easily accessible. I hadn't dug into them, but I, I hope people do and they kind of get the point yeah. that he's trying to make with that. Because um, I know the point that I feel like he's trying to make, and I we've talked about this very thing yeah, on several different sure. episodes. I don't know, but that's that's the perception that people have is that we all drive around in Cadillacs and yeah. Know, well, and, somewhere I don't know, man, because I feel like the world already has that perception of us, because mm-hmm. um, it's not hard to see. Yeah, you know, the scary part is the people that go to that church. 
Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the even scarier yeah. part. The scary part ain't necessarily <clears throat> that there's a crazy family out there that's really rich because they've talked to people into giving them all this money for church. Right. That's not even the scary part. The scary part is the people giving them the money. That's the scary part. Yeah. People, How many people? And it's like the, the, the word has been manipulated to get that out of the people. Yeah. And it's happened to such a great effect that now just unless you really know the church, that's kind of just the world's perception of Christianity. Yeah. Is it's just another group of people trying to get money from you so that they can be the next Osteen or whatever. And the church is, we get banged on a lot because we're tax exempt, right? Well, the church doesn't have to pay taxes and they got all this money and they have the nicest cars and roller coasters in their backyard and all this stuff. And what people don't, either don't consider or just don't care to admit is that, that churches are paid from money that's already been taxed. Yeah. Right. Your money gets taxed and then you put some of what's left into the offering plate. I'll say this though. I mean, as far as like how you're doing, we're doing church here and it's being done at some other places too. It being tax exempt is cool. That's okay. But when it gets to the point of being a business, like these mega churches or a theater or a theater or a concert whatever that should not that is an abuse of the law in my opinion and i mean i'll tell you that as a christian like these mega churches should be paying taxes on their money because if they can all afford six-figure salaries they can afford to pay some friggin' taxes yeah yeah well we just watched watched an episode earlier today where all of the pastors in the church got together to confront the new leadership when the kids were kind of stepping into the old man was kind of phasing out and there were like a hundred people in the room, right? The pastors yeah. that were in this church and the air quotes for the, the, the audio only people. Um, so this church had dozens and dozens of pastors, Yeah, you know, on staff, they're paying these people <laughs> like, okay. But if it, that's the way it is though. Yeah, it is. It because is. it's almost, it, it's a, it's definitely ran like a corporate business because yeah. it's the exact same model. Yeah. And just like with any corporate business, you got a bunch of people on payroll that are just a uh, leech. Yeah. You're paying people to do stuff that don't nobody need to be paid to do. Yeah. Well, we it, make up roles now. We have an executive pastor and we have a campus pastor and we have a young life pastor and we have a senior pastor and a parking lot pastor, a, right, or greeting, a, pastor a greeting right, pastor children's pastor and stuff like, daycare pastor right, hallway pastor love for somebody to show me any of these positions in scripture and you have your pastors you have your deacons you have your elders you have cleaning pastors and, yeah right the, the, <laughs> your, your custodial custodial pastor, custodial pastor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man it, i don't know but we we make up positions and I'm not saying it's not possible for somebody to be full-time ministry paid and that's their only source of income. I don't really necessarily have a problem with that. Yeah. Um, I do have a problem when, I mean, we've talked about this several times when the churches ran like a family business. Yeah. The only people on staff, they all had the same last name. That's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> You know what I mean? But I do kind of like, I th- I feel like the church is it's not supposed to grow that big. It shouldn't mm. be so big to where we need multiple paid full time people. Yeah, the church is supposed to work as volunteers, supposed to come together under our love of our Lord and Savior to do some stuff. Yeah, we shouldn't have to be paying each other to run the food pantry or to do this or yeah. that or the other. We all got our day jobs. 
you even have a day job and you're a pastor. I've known several people that does that and I have more respect for them as a pastor. You know what I mean? It's all like, okay, so you're not, you know, just draining your flock. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. You're actually contributing to the to yeah. the bucket well, too. And there's scripture too about paying people in ministry, and it talks about not muzzling your ox while he's treading the grain and things like that. So there's room to pay a guy. Yeah, and and really, you know, we we've talked before. I've been on pastor search committee. And but done, I think when it says that, it's about somebody's coming and bringing a good news and preaching to your people. It's not necessarily well. We're gonna have nine people of, on staff. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But it's I don't know. You, you get into that, and you're looking at. Uh, have been part of pastor church committees and things before and you, you look at a guy and you go well he's already got a job can he do this bivocationally we can pay him enough to replace his income or whatever but should we and I remember a guy asked uh, how much time do you want me to spend in the word in preparation yeah. and, and being the pastor and doing these things like is it worth it to pay you or to, to pay me my like a full time salary or is it not and and still let me be the part-time pastor trying to do full-time work and you know now I'm focused on my day job and my church at the same yeah. time and and it's not it really isn't bad when you've got a small church but this place could afford to pay a full-time pastor like well should we do well, yeah if you can the guy the pastor you know that's one thing and I think you could, there's room for some paid staff up to a certain degree right I mean you got 20 people on staff and you're making up positions that's a different story but you know we waste yeah. a lot of money in church and we don't we don't have any money here but, but, but <laughs> churches waste a lot of money well, there's on no it. walls to hide it in and there's yeah, nothing else right. so it's, there's literally no money here yeah there's not any money here i think there's a couple dollar and a half worth of change in the offering box right now <laughs> that's about it now, don't you use that to buy yourself a soda right now would not dream of it <laughs> <laughs> get you a soda <laughs> no Oh man, I don't, I don't know, man. I just, uh, I feel like it should be small. It should remain small. We've talked about the way things are set up here, to where if it gets to a certain number, it'll break off. Yeah, and having that kind of stuff in your bylaws to me is a really good idea. Yeah. Um, I don't know where you go now when you've already got a lot of these churches, and we've got several of them in town too. And there's a lot of people that go to several of them that I love dearly. Yeah. I just can't get on board with the way stuff is budgeted at some well, of these it, places. I can't I get past it enough to want to go be a part of it. Well, I, I think it was you that I talked about because you got me into watching this show and I said, how much easier is it to run a church that way? Oh, so much easier. You know, <laughs> just, be, we can get all the money, business. we can well, have all the stuff. Yeah, then it's just business. Yeah. Yeah, if mm. I can put on a good enough show I can get all kinds of people to come in here. And then before you know it, we wouldn't fit in here anymore. We'd have oh, to I know, buy this whole building. I know enough people with enough talent. There's not a doubt in my mind I could start the next big church. Yeah, in Rome. 100%. I could just get a small group of people together and we could be yeah, the next you could big be thing. Filling up the forum over filling here. Filling up the, the forum over here. But so we're going to have Uncle Baby Danny? No, 100%. <laughs> Uncle Baby Billy. Oh, Danny. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uncle Baby Billy. white wig <laughs> and some big shades. Oh, man. Those people are real, man. Yeah, they're Those real. Those people are real. There are baby billies out there. If you could look at Kenneth Copeland and not think. Right now? Was that my phone? That's how, you. How unprofessional. It's okay. I was just talking about Kenneth Chris Copeland. Chris was on his earlier. It really wasn't yeah. that important. <laughs> <laughs> but that's definitely, I think, uh, Uncle Billy, baby Billy, 
I think that's a stab at uh, Kenneth Copeland. It's a stab. I remember. I want to be Kenneth Copeland. Back in like the 80s and in church. Kenneth and Copeland's and there were people who looked just like Baby Billy that would come to your church and sing. Or, you know, they'd come downtown and listen to Baby Billy at the city auditorium. And go, okay, cool. Let's go see Baby Billy sing. I don't even want to say his name in this conversation because I respect him so much. So I understand that first. But he really came across to me like he really wanted to be like a Billy Graham. And I respect Billy Graham, so yeah, it's not yeah. a dig at him at all. I love that man, but that's really what he kind of like a somewhere between Billy Graham and Swagger. Ooh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Ooh. Somewhere in that realm is what Uncle Baby Billy was trying to. Yeah, play. yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's uh, he. All this—that's the sad part—is all this stuff is based on some reality. Yeah, because we're watching this show, and you can see, oh, that's that's what's his name. I remember when what's his name did that, or I remember when this happened with what's his name. Mm-hmm. All this stuff is real, right? And it plays out, and we see these characters, and they're all based on some reality, and that's the perception that a lot of people have of the church. And so that know, part of it scares you, yeah, because now they're watching the show like it's a documentary. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. What do you mean that ain't real? It's not a, right. Well, I mean, if they're making jokes about it. It's all based in reality. Oh, We're even man. saying that it's based in reality, right? And there's going to be people that don't have, I guess, the insight that we do about the word that will watch it and just take it for fact. Well, that's who you were talking about, right? Yeah. The people that show up at these places and put their money in the place yeah. and or have their time. Uh, direct deposited, you know, every month out of their bank account or whatever. And I think that's the that's the fun. I think we've talked about it before. I think that's the the weird thing about that because there's definitely people in those churches that are going to heaven because of their faith. Yeah, they're getting uh, bamboozled a bit. Yeah, but they still have this faith in Jesus. They just, you know wrong messenger they're right. listening to the wrong right. messenger but they're still believing in the jesus part of it yeah in their heart they believe i give all my money and i'm you know god's gonna take care of me yeah and a lot of people are giving their only money well bible tells us about the woman who sleeps who gave and finds, all that, she, gave had. All that yeah. she had and everything and how that was greater than the millionaire that gave a two you know hundred thousand dollars right and i'm like those people are being saved by their own faith i think but still being in a very messed up atmosphere. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're yeah. not going to mature in the faith enough to know what they're experiencing with these people are bullcrap. Right. But I don't know. That's a weird little gray area. It is, man. It is. But there are also people in those churches who are going to hell. Oh, yeah. Because well, they worship their every pastor. Right? Yeah, that's true in just about every yeah. church probably. But. but I mean, specifically on that show, like, the church is named after the family. It's the Gemstone Salvation Center, which is a cheese factor know, because it's on yeah. TV. But like, so Joel Osteen's church has a name. I'm sure Lake Point or Lakewood or I don't know. Saddleback was Warren. Wasn't Saddleback's it? Rick Warren, but we can we can just call it Joel Osteen's church. Oh, you can, and everybody will know. But if I say Lakewood, I think it's Lakewood. It's Lakewood Church. Okay, Lakewood yeah. Church. Okay. And so you might or might not know that, but you yeah. would know if I said Joel Osteen's church. So like they, that's who a lot of these people are worshiping. The guy whose name is prevalent. Okay, that's who you think of when you think of this church, and it's not Jesus. You know, and I hope that every Sunday when people come into this church, they're not <laughs> like I don't want my name on the sign out front. I don't need the Bur- the Burnham Family Worship Center. None of that. Like let's make much of Jesus. 
learned that from Ron Kanzler too. He probably told me because I didn't dump the bucket on his head. But you make much of Jesus, right? And, and and there's the old prayer that you probably heard somebody pray if you've ever been in a old Southern church. Hide Mike behind the cross or David or whatever the pastor's name is. And there's something to be said for that, right? Because that's what it should be all about. It shouldn't be about the guy in the front of the room. And if I die tomorrow, they'll just put somebody else up there because yeah. that's the way it should be. But we want to be, you know, the guy, the, the celebrity. And I think that's why God is not growing our church any faster than he is because I don't want to, like, he doesn't want me to, to fall into that. And, and I think he knows that I might. I don't know. I pray about that, like, daily. Like, don't let me be this celebrity pastor. We're making a podcast right well, now. Well, I mean, I think, <laughs> well, you're kind of going to get doubled up on that, though. Yeah. Because, I mean, with all these other projects that we are going to be starting soon, yeah, you're going to get attention from that. Yeah. Aside yeah. from the pastor thing. It's almost going to be like when people say, uh, is this a Christian podcast? We're we cr- talked about this, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, we did. We're, we're Christians making a podcast. And, yeah, we do uh, kind of put it out there as Christian because we want yeah. to gain more attention for that uh, genre. Yeah. But in reality, we're guys. We're, well, we're just talking about football. We're talking about together. football yeah. and all that. I mean, we're just guys, and our faith is a big part of our lives. So, yeah, yeah it's going to come in and out of just about every conversation. Right. But yeah, I don't, I, you're going to get so much more attention from that. Yeah. So yeah, good luck. I guess. I mean, so we'll we'll try to keep you in check, won't we? Think. I, I, mean, I mean, yeah. <laughs> what? Know. Right now, while we're like at minimal exposure on YouTube and social media and whatever, like it's just it's not. It, it's me trying to find new ways to feed my kids. Yeah. Right, and I pray that it always stays that way and if it ever doesn't stay that way we'll find somebody else to do all these things and you guys can just write me a check every month and then we'll <laughs> no, i mean we got stickers with your face on I it know, already i know that's the weirdest thing ever <laughs> i think we're trying to find somebody to write us a check ain't we i mean that's that the idea <laughs> yeah yeah that's what we're looking for that's the goal but yeah as it is right now like i, I don't know it's it's me trying to like i said i'm trying to come up with new ways to feed my kids and stuff like that and that's I hope it's always that way if we have 100,000 subscribers on Rumble or wherever. I don't know. But I think there aren't enough guys that pray that way. I think they're just good with it. And I don't think it happens overnight either, right? Like, I don't think you are just wake up one day and you'll be like, I would like to be a celebrity pastor today. I think it grows, like, little by little. And your following picks up and you write a book your podcast takes off. Somebody makes a documentary about you. You get 500,000 followers you on get Instagram. Yeah, yeah, and then so you're suddenly blessed with a prophetic vision Automatically from saved. Automatically saved. Yeah, right? So, but I don't to think heaven it, you go. Yeah, but it doesn't happen to these guys. They start out with, with great intentions, and they're going to share the gospel and build God's kingdom. And before you know it, you're building a roller coaster, and you're on your, on your thousand-acre <laughs> ranch. And you go, wait a minute. This wasn't, you know, but I, I don't. I don't think anybody sets out to be... Some people might. They don't set out to be the celebrity. I don't want to be a celebrity. That's so inconvenient. <laughs> well, I mean, no, nah, I don't. Celebrity don't uh, interest me whatsoever. I mean, to feed my family with other things and being creative to me is the is the important right. part. You know, I I get more joy out of that than just about anything else out of life yeah, you know i yeah. feel more connected to god i feel like i'm doing what he designed me to do hey. when i'm being creative yeah 
And I mean, if we're built in the image of the Lord and he was the, he's the creator. Yeah. And I mean, I think everybody has a little bit of something in them somewhere Yeah. to be creative with. Yeah. Well, you do. And it, I think I have too many. There are no such things too yeah, many. I think I have too many. Well, you just got to pick all one them. and run with it. Yeah, there right. you go. But no, we, we realize our, our purpose at some point and I realize mine a lot of Sundays when I'm standing in front of my church and I'm thinking, wow, I didn't, I didn't think that at all. It just came out of my mouth. Somebody else must have put that there. Go, well, that's why I was here today. And those are the times when I've realized I am living out my purpose, whatever that is. Not that I'm some fantastic preacher, but we have our calling. And when we do what we're supposed to do, it goes back to the blessing thing we were talking about earlier. We, yeah. we're, we're blessed because of that, whether it's, not everybody's supposed to be the pastor of a church. I never thought I would be, but somebody's got to do it. Right? Yeah. Somebody's also got to clean the toilet, and somebody's got to greet people in the parking lot. And there's all the different, you know, there's homeless ministries and all the different things you can get into. Um, but it's your calling, it's your purpose, it's all the gospel, and it's all being the hands and feet of Jesus. It's just a matter of what that particular calling is. Yours is on the creative end of things. Tango, yours the same way. <laughs> You know, until I don't know how many times you've been on camera before, and uh, up until last episode, like church related stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like never, <laughs> twice maybe. I don't a know. couple of times. Yeah, besides little projects. But no. your calling is on that end of things. Not that you'll never be on camera, but that's you know that you're way better at what you're doing than I would be. I don't. I have no idea. That's why you're here. <laughs> I think that's why I say I have too many. You think so? Because I like being on this side too. Yeah. But also, I'm not I saying ge- I don't like I geek it out on yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. To me, putting it together is the real artwork. We're just two goofy 100%. dudes sitting here having a conversation. Yeah. We're having a talk. We, we, we can do this without all this. Right. But nobody else is going to hear it. Yeah. So, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So We're the, letting the, the world in on our the thoughts. Product, <laughs> the product side of this that everybody's going to be watching and listening to. That's the magic. Yeah. And I'm interested in that, too. Yeah. No, that's you cool know. stuff. Hayden takes the air-conditioned sound out of the... Like, yeah, I mean, like, how do you do that? How? <laughs> uh, There's no does. free app on my phone yeah. for yeah. that. Like, Adjust you actually the, have to pay for stuff. Well, now we got to be committed. Oh, he's the guy, though, right? That's yeah. his calling. That's what he does. It's not for him to stand... How do you feel about standing in front of my church and preaching next Sunday? I can do it. Maybe <laughs> you could, you could. I mean, anybody can. Is it going to be Danny Love? No, no. Yeah, no. I don't know. It's not, I'm not that great, but it's you know, uh, that's not for everybody though. Just standing in front of a room, that's not what I'm called to do. Yeah. If I had to fill in for them, they'd probably just be like, we don't even want you to come back when you ain't pretty teaching. <laughs> <laughs> we just don't want you to come back at all. Like if you could, no more, no don't more. Don't come back to y'all's Broad podcast Street. somewhere else. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I don't know. We we all live out our calling, should live out our calling to some degree. Or at least search it out, right? Yeah. No, at least look for it. And sometimes you try things and you realize, well, that wasn't it. Whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it turns out your calling is to stand at the door and greet people. Your door wasn't that the test you took or whatever that was a <sighs> golly bum, man. Uh, have you not heard this? I went, no, but I feel like we should take this test 
Okay. One day. It, well, no, it was the personality it. test. It was that personality oh, test. Was, it the, was it the Enneagram? Maybe, where you uh, find out if you're ISP or whatever. Uh, I'm a, we're not doing that. I'm a something dominant, hava hava, whatever. Yeah. And then <laughs> you a, did all it. these other things, and at the end of it, it, it they really – it's an aptitude test is what it is. Yeah. It's are you creative? Are you a leader? Are you a follower? Uh, okay. Mine always comes out real strong leader and creative. It's all like, get out of the way and let me show right. you how to be yeah, creative. There's something to be said for that. But anyway, that at this particular church, yeah, they, they did that. And then you did this other stuff pretty much just trying to figure out what you wanted to do. Right, so, yeah. I'm all like, well, I'll be a greeter or work food some. So that's the only ones I'm going to mark right here. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Never went past that. This aptitude test, I think, was just to be like, okay, what can I get away with? This? Oh, it kind of lets me know. It kind of lets you know. If you know somebody's aptitude, you know how to approach them. Right. For one thing. Yeah. And you know what they will and won't put up with, kind of. And... I don't know. To me, it's almost like a cheat code. But yeah, like, a if the bit. first time you meet anybody, you'd be like, here, take this personality test. <laughs> we got we to do this before we're friends. I got to make sure uh, I can dominate you. Can we do it in 10 questions or less? I ain't got all day. You know? It's <laughs> like, are you real uh, attached to your money? Yeah. Right. That's what I always ask okay, people when they come to church. <laughs> if you're that attached to it, we can't be friends. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't want to give it to me and or buy me things. Because I got the biggest house in Floyd County. Oh, man. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do also not. do not. Oh, it is what it is, though, man. There's people out there that well, that's That's what the planet said. I that's got what the said, biggest yeah. house in Louisiana. Or Mississippi, know, wherever he's at. I don't know how you can call yourself a man of God and get on stage and say something like that. Yeah, because there are probably people in his conversation in his con- congregation who don't know where their next meal's coming from. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, because God ain't raining money at their house because they put what they had in the basket for yeah it's Uncle sad. Jesse in the biggest house in Louisiana. That's insane. Why would you do that? I don't know. I feel like his church would be like a Scientology church where like you Air- walk in and there's an ATM right there that says you gonna pay today. You don't get through those doors. I have paying. seen ATMs in church. I've seen. Yeah, yeah. We don't have one. There's one up the street <laughs> at this bank. <laughs> we don't have one. We can give online uh, cash app Rome Reform Church. I just wonder how what what kind of time we're looking at right now. Hour twelve. No, not I'll bad. Start okay, right cool. That hour. Um, we got time in. Yeah. I, I did some maintenance work at one of these big churches before. Mm-hmm. And did we talk about this? Yeah, we've talked about okay. it. But it's all I, I don't understand how people go to that and feed it. Like we were talking about earlier, the people mm-hmm. that feed into it. Because just doing what I was doing there, I was like, man, I just feel like it's a little greasy. Yeah. You know, everybody was nice. Nobody said anything sideways to me or anything, anything like that. It's just the feel for me was like, this ain't genuine church. What are you there for? I think that, I think you could go to a big church. And I think you could go to a church with a fantastic light set up and a big video screen and all that stuff. And as long as the doctrine is sound, I think you can go and have a genuine worship experience but not because of any of those things except for the sound doctrine being preached. This particular church had two services, and it was understood 
that the one service was the dress up service. Like you didn't come to that service unless you were the decked. dress up service. Yeah, unless you were decked to the nines. That's when everybody because this place was this was in Atlanta. That's the so early this service. Is, this is when you got the Bentleys in the parking lot and stuff like right. that. And then after that service, you have the square body Chevys and the Chevettes <laughs> and stuff like that service. You can't mingle with the common folk. Yeah, like you, we still want the rich people and the poor people's money. We just don't want them here at the same time. Because, you know, because yeah, then the sanitize. poor people be trying to get the rich the people. people. The poor, yeah, the, the rich people might actually give money directly to the poor people. And As then we don't, to. and we don't get to filter that. So uh, we got to split this thing up. That's nauseating. Like it really, right. that'll make you sick if you think about it. Yeah. And this place had multiple campuses. Uh, see, multiple campuses too. That, that's multiple churches. It's the, uh, sorry. The second that's one the way it is. Quite as big, but it, yeah. both of them had big lakes out front, uh, man made lakes with a big sprinkler the in the fountains. middle. Yeah. Uh, Man, you should church. You should you can you can have a nice church. You can have a nice it should be a nice place. You should have the resources to help your community and do things. I mean, we don't need a fountain, you know, like that fountain ain't bringing anybody to Jesus. I mean, you got one behind you, though. You got a pretty baller fountain. You know, we, was, we do have a cool fountain down the street, but it's a public green. It's not our, <laughs> it's not our fountain. You never it's heard tax that. Dollars, you never but. heard that story. I was at the end of my rope. I just got divorced and I was driving down the road and I was about to just drive off the road and this ended all. I saw this fountain. The fountain, yeah. Or and the, then I and then I went into this church, and after it only took me a few minutes to go get you know money out of the ATM. And after the service, I just felt better about myself. Yeah. Or the the snarky church sign. You know, that's what I. That's what Welcome I to our C H C H. Yeah. What's missing? What's missing? You are. You are. Yeah. That's my favorite. You one. seen that one, Tango? Oh, bless your heart, man. Oh, bless man. your souls both. You ever seen that? So the, the church sign puns. <laughs> I had, uh, I'll tell the story. I think Sue might listen. I love Sue. Benny and Sue. Benny was the sign guy at Cassville for 40 years, and I had to hand it to him. I was never, like, into the snarky church sign. One one Easter season, he puts up there to have Christians, happy Easter. Uh, to Jews, happy Passover. And to atheists, good luck. <laughs> I remember that one. I, I was like, I don't know if that's going to bring folks in, Benny, but it's pretty doggone funny. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Your, your church sign, your fountains, not bringing folks to Jesus. They used to have you know the big cathedrals and the big churches, and back when like the church was a neighborhood thing, you had the stained talking hundreds of years ago, the stained glass windows. Yeah, and they had pictures from the Bible, and the idea was those were for people that couldn't read. And you could go in and look at all these paintings and pictures and see the things. And well, this is the Bible playing out on the wall in the yeah. church here. And I can see it and understand it because I can't read this book. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Good enough. If, like, if that's what we're doing, that's cool. Crystal chandelier, different cool. story. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe pictures are okay, but no extravagant accessories. Yeah. Well, then you get into the, the second commandment and everybody's like, well, you shouldn't have a picture of Jesus and, you you shouldn't worship a picture of Jesus for sure. How do you do you think we're expected to hold? I mean, we bear our cross and all this stuff, yeah. but are is it necessarily supposed to be a decorative item? <laughs> there's one hanging on the wall, right? I mean, I'm there not saying there's anything, little coffee. I'm station. not saying there's anything wrong with yeah, it. Yeah, I'm just I look at it from this standpoint. Like people that don't know my story, 
both my parents took their own lives. If they came back for me, I don't think they're going to want to see a bunch of guns. You know what I mean? You're talking about Jesus on yeah. the cross and him not. Yeah. You think well, he's all like, oh, yeah, I'm glad that represents me. I'm glad yeah. you chose my murder. I'm glad you cho- yeah, you yeah. chose. That's what you. I mean, yeah, that was the most important thing to ever happen in history. Yes. Yeah. But do we sort yeah. of make an idol out of the cross? Oh, 100%. The, we can make an idol out of the cross. Um, and then you got to ask yourself if we're like, we got a, there's our church logo right there. It has a cross on it. Um, why don't we see more imagery of the tomb? Because yeah. without the tomb, the cross doesn't mean anything. If Jesus just died, then. Well, the tomb's not easy to draw it's either. It's tough. It's hard. I mean, the cross yeah. is pretty easy to draw. Right. Lines. It's just two I may be asking you. Because I mean, ca- even a caveman could, you know, chisel out a cross. Yeah, I don't know it's about a chiseling of out on the, the image it's, of a tomb. Yeah. But I mean, even in in paintings How and you right, was it this big or that big? But in in art, you know, or whatever, we don't see a heck of a lot of pictures of the tomb. But like, I can see, I can see two crosses without turning my head right now. Yeah, you know. So like, well, I ain't saying anything's wrong with it. No, so no, I no. just wonder how Jesus thinks about it. Like, is he ever going, man? Why are they? What's up? What's up with all the crosses? Well, we're not supposed to like kneel down in front of it and pray to it. That's okay. that. Kinda, that's we get into graven images and you know worshiping. That's kind of what Catholicism things. all about, isn't it? Oh yeah, you got to go up to the front and kiss Jesus's feet on the cross and all that good stuff, and you got the the uh, the crucifix on your neck and Jesus got off the cross, like he's not still on there. Yeah. I mean, they got the same Old Testament we do, don't they? I think they even got extra books. Like they know they about the whole making Suzanne false and images and all this kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Like they know that's in there. Yeah, but they pray to Mary too, and you know, they that's got always of, confused me a bit. Well, the thing about Catholicism is they don't read the Bible. Yeah, like dude, the just tells you Catholic, what to do. Yeah, the priest gets up there and he says, "It's a really this is how sweet system." I noticed that the first time we used to go to Christmas Mass every year. I think Tango, you went with us a couple times. Uh, the first thing I noticed as growing up in Protestant churches my whole life, I would get out of the car and walk across the parking lot and we're going into the building. Nobody has a Bible, like nobody at all. Uh, the priest got up, some other guy, I'm not sure what his title was. He was a lay person in the church. I know him. He's a doctor here locally, got up and read a list of verses, not like a passage of scripture. Not but in separate. order, just kind yeah, of this, that, Yeah, just from this and that. Most of it was about Jesus and the birth and because it was Christmas mass and that's when we would go because it was great theater. Um, but they would do that, but it wasn't ever like the Bible. Like this, nobody had a Bible in their hand. It wasn't like they ever opened the Bible. They wouldn't study in scripture. Yeah, but that was what Luther, you know, we're in Reformation month now, if you guys are aware or not, but... 31st of October, Luther went and nailed the theses to the door of the Castle Church in Wittenberg, so we're coming up on that. Luther was a monk. He was a Catholic monk, an Augustinian monk. He had access to the Scripture. So he's reading the book, and he's going, well, that's not what we're teaching in church, mm-hmm. and that's not what all these people understand based on what we're saying. It's a different thing. Got to read the Bible. So he was like, well, I'm going to make sure that everybody knows what's in there. Well, then they want to kill him and he spent the rest of his life, you know, running from the Catholic Church because they were trying to murder him. Hero. Yeah, absolute hero. <laughs> hero. Absolute hero. Hundred um, percent. People pray to him now, and that's weird. Don't do that. But uh, you know, but that's that's where it started. Was that he read the book and thought, well, that's not what we're teaching here. 
And the other people in church weren't reading the book. He's like, I'm every in charge time, of all these people, and we're leading them to hell. Every time I've done that, I've I get kicked out of churches too, or you know, or, or not, not really kicked, scripture. not really kicked out, but not agreed with. Yeah, yeah. I've been yeah. shouted at in church before, like small groups and stuff. Yeah, it's. I don't know. Nobody ever shouted at me. I think they kind of knew better than to go that far. But I mean, we did have some disagreements in our creative team meetings. Yeah, well, and you should. <laughs> <laughs> You should. It shouldn't be a yes man scenario when you're talking about things like the creative team, stuff like that. I don't know. Maybe you just shouldn't have a creative team, but you know, but you have multiple people in the room at the same time, so you have multiple perspectives. And you know, we're we're supposed to have a, a plurality of elders that guide the church. Well, why do we have a plurality? So one guy doesn't make all the rules. Yeah. You know, there's some disagreement or at least a little bit of, hey, let's think about this before we do X, Y, and Z. So what do deacons do? Deacons are the doers. They're the doers. Okay, yep. what do elders do? Elders are going to guide the church from like a theological, like a spiritual trajectory. Okay. If you have issues, you want to know what the Bible says about whatever, your elders who you talk to. If you need a wheelchair ramp built on the front of your house, the deacons are who you talk to. I think um, I've uh, tracked down the problem with the church. Right. No, they mixed it up. <laughs> well, not to get no elders. There's a, so a lot of churches uh, just don't. Oh, they got rid that, of elders. Yeah, the, the pastor is now the pastor and all the elders. Yeah, and the deacons are the greeters. Well, the deacons are the greeters. There's a lot of places where the deacons function as elders, and that ain't right either. So you get into that, and you're mixing roles, and and there are guys that are qualified to do both. Like I think you can do both, but I don't think your deacon board as a whole ought to function as elders. And not to say that elders can't serve in the same way that deacons do. We should all be willing and able to do all those things all the time. But, you know, yeah, there's a there's structure issues, and especially like these little churches, like we have gone through extra lengths as small as we are to make sure that structure is in place because I don't need to be the one making all the decisions. Yeah. You know, and, and this is what time, like I, we agreed on what time of day to have church or the type of music that we have here. Like, we agreed on all those things, and it's not like I banged the gavel and said, this is how it's going to be. That's not what church is supposed to be. But but it is. Yeah. You've been in churches like that, and I've been in churches like that. They just, the guy, the pastor says, this is how it is. And, you know, if you question it, there's another church down the street. Okay. I've ran into that a few times. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of sad. Yeah. It really is. You know, no, everybody... You're supposed to live a beyond reproach. We know better. Yeah. But they still act like they are. You know oh, what I mean? Man. Like yeah. they love that. Like uh, you can't second guess anything. Da, 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 yeah. Da, and yeah. all that. And I'm like, yeah, I can. You're a dude just like I'm a dude. Right. Like we both bleed, <laughs> man. You know yeah. what I mean? We yeah. both need the same things to live and function. Yeah. I, and that's always been a problem for me because I've seen that in a lot of churches where everybody's like, well, that's pastor yada yada you gotta you know talk a certain way and i'm like no i'm still me regardless of who he is i'm me yeah yeah no i don't i don't want to be that guy i don't want to be on that pedestal um i am supposed to be above reproach and i'm supposed to be all the things that scripture describes that you know that a, a pastor's supposed to be but at the end of the day i'm a dude you know i have a job and i have kids and I get tired and hungry and all, yeah. all the same things that you do on the other side of this same table, yeah. you know? And so I don't know, there there's leadership and things that are required and expected of 
people who were in that position, but it's not like they don't even be on a pedestal either to the point where you can't talk to them or like, I can't address the pastor because especially in a church, our size, like, please come talk to me. You know, I don't, if everybody ran out after church one Sunday, I'd be like, well, I, I must've done something wrong. <laughs> Nobody wants Both to Both of them friend. left. Yeah. Right. All four of y'all <laughs> ran out of here as soon as it was over. So I don't know. He keeps looking like he's going to say something. You need a light. You need a light, Tango. No, no, I'm not saying anything this time. I'm just no, like it, all it, up in my mic. But though. when you get you a light, though, because I like I don't know how many times you sit over here with something to say, and like I don't, I think I see something. I've stopped before and been like, "What do you got?" And you don't have anything. And we have a moment like we had just a second ago. But if you had like a little flashlight or something or a little lamp that you could <laughs> turn get on, a little buzzer light, uh, yeah, whatever it is. I feel like we're probably really boring to watch. Because when me and you get locked in, we're just like, blah, 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 We don't even look over here anymore. Oh, my bad, man. Sometimes it's we get okay. locked it's in. comes okay. with the territory, right? Yeah. Like, you got a table and a camera and all kinds of gear in between I us. Think it's and the trances that dude was talking about. We just kind of get in one together, and we're just like, nah. Shame. And then, boom, I break yeah. out of it, and I realize I'm in one. And I'm <laughs> like, man, we've been sitting here looking at each other a long time. You get locked in sometimes, man, and... <laughs> That's just how my mind works. So, like, man, I've been looking at Danny for a minute. I'm at you. <laughs> I need to look away. I've been looking at him for a while. There's some judgment back here. I'm like, Chris has been staring at his forehead for a minute. <laughs> I don't know. I, break the concentration. Yeah, I don't know. I look around when I talk, so it's not like I don't even realize that you've been staring at me for it's ten minutes. Now that I do, though, I'm kind of like it's locked in. Hide behind the mic a little bit. Hide me behind the cross over here, so Chris will stop staring at me. Well, then I go from being a guest on the show to now I'm studying. I'm like, oh, he's saying yeah, stuff. Yeah, you got your inquisitive look on. I'm not even thinking of anything I can respond with. I'm just like, mm. when this is over with, I'm going to point out that I've been looking at him all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's one of the weird things about standing in front of the room and seeing everybody's face. And I've kind of gotten, we've been doing it long enough now where I can look at people and tell who's locked in and who's not. And the things that you see while you're up there are just funny. But like, I have this great mechanism where I can shut off the crying baby. Like, I just don't hear him at all. It's not even a thing. I just keep talking. But like, people's faces always get me. I look and I go, oh, he's he's falling asleep over there. <laughs> yeah. Or like, oh, he's dialed in right now because he's like, you know, and he's got his notepad and he's going writing down everything. And I think, well, that kid over there, I'm sure he's in his notes apps. You know, taking every word I'm saying and, and not playing Candy Crush. I can't know? do that. <laughs> I can't go to church and take notes. If Some people I, can. If I start focusing on taking notes, I'm going to be missing what you're saying. Yeah. Because you're going to be like ABC. And I'm like, ooh, ABC. Well, the way you're going to be like X, to. Y. And I'm like, what happened to all the yeah, other ones? Yeah. You got to learn like shorthand or something. Nah. I just want to sit here and listen to you. Yeah. We're I in a, we're in a, I mean, and not necessarily at this church, but just about any other church you go to. If you miss anything, it's on like YouTube. Yeah, that's you true. I mean? We don't we don't have replay here. You just got to get it the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Better get it or not. You don't. can text me later and ask me what I meant, but <laughs> might be yeah. that night before I respond. I try to stay off the phone on Sunday afternoons, but you know, but we can talk about it, whatever it is. Yeah. But yeah, I used to be, I, at some point I became a note taker. I guess it was when I went to college and I didn't go to college until I was 25, which was tough in high school because I didn't take notes. But, uh, 
Yeah, I had no. I just lecture classes in high school, in college, and I was writing down every word they said. When I'm when I come here, I'll use my phone. I don't think I've ever. I've, I'll use my phone most of the time, like if there's scripture or whatever. But when I go to other churches, I don't take a Bible either. Yeah, because they're all like, "Bring your Bible, Mike. You're gonna put it up there." Yeah, it's gonna be yeah. on the screen. <laughs> well, I got to carry screen. something extra when you're gonna put it up there, and I'm gonna know if you changed it. You know, if you've changed it enough, I'll notice. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, uh, yeah. I'm going to pull out my phone about uh-uh. It's not what it says. Yeah, you yeah. Know. Tango, did you ever hear me do the flying monkeys thing? You might remember yes, if I started yes. that. Yeah. So this was my challenge when we were in youth ministry. We would challenge the kid. Not everybody had a phone then. So we were like, hey, bring your Bibles. Bring your Bibles because yeah. you never know yeah, yeah, sure. what I'm going to say. And you need to be able to read the Bible and say, hey, he's right or he's not. So I'd get up there and I'd be like, all right, everybody turn to, to John fifteen thirteen, And they'd open up their Bibles or not, you know, and I'd be like, so greater love hath no man than for him to help his brother when monkeys start flying out of his ears. And like, <laughs> you can see who in the room is like dialed in and who's not. At that and they're point. Like, no. Right. And they're like, wait a minute, that's not in the Bible. You know, like somebody would eventually say, he was like, hey, you're right. That's not in the Bible. Thanks for paying attention. But then the kid that's on his phone or whatever in the corner or just not paying attention at all, he's like, amen. Flying <laughs> <laughs> monkeys out my ears. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's, you know, I don't bring your Bible to church. It looks different these days. It's not leather bound and, and paper anymore necessarily. It's it's a digital. Well, I still prefer a paper Bible. Yeah. I mean, when I read the Bible, I read paper Bible. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe that's just something I just got out of the habit of taking one because every church I went to put the screens up, you know, and it's like, well, why? What am I supposed to do? Read it here and up there? I ain't listen to you. Well, read and, it. and for a lot of people, that's for the people that don't bring their Bible, Chris, bring your Bible. But for a lot of people, it's like if we all bring our Bibles, are y'all going to take the screens down? No, I'm yeah. not bringing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's a matter of carrying stuff with you a lot of yeah, times. Yeah, you got to right? carry extra things. Why? Yeah. You because carry it means your, more. Why? Your Bible and your notepad. And do I have a pen? And do I have, like, if I used up this entire notepad, you know, you, so you're concerned about all these things, or you can just use your, your Bible on your phone and your notes app. You know, and you've got that if you're taking notes or you just switch back and forth. And it's easy I have either. literally almost probably nearly every book, every written in my pocket right now. Yeah, you can pull it up, right? Yeah. You can pull up any translation of the Bible yeah. or, you know, whatever. And I don't know. What a time to be alive, though, right? Time to be alive. All the stuff in the palm of our hand. I, I still, when it comes to books, though, you need to keep paper books around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what happens if the power goes out? I think you can't people, charge your phone. Yeah, I think people need to be stockpiling books. You know, stockpiling all this other stuff. Yeah. If it becomes like the collapse of civilization and you don't have a PlayStation 5 anymore, like I'll still have it, but if I don't have electricity, collecting what dust, difference right? does it make if it don't have electricity? Yeah. You're probably going to want a lot of books. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it has stuff to do. And they're cheap now. You can get books really, I mean, every now and then I find them really good at like, a, what is it? estate sales and stuff like that man there's a dogwood books down the street from here i bought uh calvin's institutes of the christian religion for like eight bucks the other day really that's i I couldn't find it for years it just didn't exist you know you couldn't find a copy of it and then if you did it's eighty dollars a hundred dollars whatever it's this books like ulysses um but yeah they have them down the street for like you can buy books now they're cheap they're you know it was used i don't care 
Yeah, I don't yeah, care. Yeah, either. I don't care at all if it's used. But they got some good stuff down there too. Lots of lots of good books I bought from there, and I don't know, buy books. I love reading. I love books, and if I read as many as I've bought, man, I'd be so smart. Oh man, I've read halves. <laughs> Me and Travis talked about this when he was on here. I've read the first two chapters of so many books, <laughs> <laughs> or, or five chapters, half the book, whatever. Just not all of them. I've read all of a lot of books, but I've started way more than I've finished. Right. And there are way more on the shelves. Like, I got books that I've never opened before. Right. Yeah. I've got a couple that I ain't started yet either. Yeah, just not enough hours in the um, day sometimes. Before we wrap it up, is there anything we can talk about? About future stuff? Is there anything we want to hint about or talk about or so try to get people fired up about? When are more st- videos coming out? Oh, man. We're starting. Uh, by the time this comes out, the episode two of the Georgia Peach Ride will be out on YouTube. Um, Burnham Project is the YouTube channel on Rumble. It's Danny J. Burnham. I couldn't go back in and change that. Rumble won't let you change the name of your channel. Um, but you can find it in those two places. It'll be on Burnham Project social media, same place you'll find this podcast. Uh, we will also have started by the time this comes out. I don't know what we're, what we're calling it. PJ's Grapple Quest or whatever. My Jiu Jitsu coach, PJ Broom, going to do a number. We're going to try to do 10. It may not be 10. Uh, grappling style, different grappling style tournaments over the course of a year or maybe more. We're going to try to be done with it by the end of 2024. All right. But yeah, that's what we're into. Coming up, uh, we've got we got ten different projects on paper that we've got to sit down and hash out and put yeah. a timeline together of all types of documentary films and telling the stories of people. That's what we're getting into these days. Outside of expanding Burnham Project beyond Burnham Podcast, I'm really excited about it too. I'm fired I'm up, man. Super it's gonna be so much fun about some of this stuff. It's gonna be. Uh, I feel like we're gonna be able to put together some things that y'all wouldn't expect to come from guys like us really some hillbillies with <laughs> hillbillies yeah. with technology that's it that's yeah, it that's pretty much what you're looking at is some high tech rednecks there you go you and, guys uh, i'm just the guy on the microphone i don't the technology that's you guys y'all can handle that i'll come up with the things to say i don't know but, but when we make some more stuff a little more solid we'll give some more hints and stuff as some yeah, ideas sure. and everything we don't Clue throw everything out there into the vapor quite just yet yeah. no i'm but, excited about grapple quest though i don't yeah, that's I think there's a dope. tournament called grapple quest i don't think we can call it that but you know something along those lines whatever it's called that's coming yeah, and then we can talk about J- uh, Jacob wrestling with the angel, right? The right. angel of the Lord. Anyway, we're going to wrap it up right there. Thanks for coming on again. Hey, no problem. Anytime. You're like a regular now, right? God bless you guys. We love you. See you next time. <laughs>